0: Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Valent Podcast. I'm Mark Wilkins, Technology and Training Director at Valent, and your host for this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring how we can encourage future talent into the industry, how this journey has changed over recent years, and indeed, how it continues to evolve as we move towards a more wide-scale uptake of low-carbon technologies. The skills gap is much to talk about, but let's be fair, we also face a labour shortage, so attracting new talent to the industry is essential. What does this journey for those wanting to join your industry look like? We'll delve into what opportunities an apprenticeship can offer, how apprenticeships work. We'll look at some of the financial incentives available to employers, what installers wanting to take on an apprentice need to know, and what support's available to help bring new people into the industry. I'm delighted to be joined by three great guests to chat through this topic. Firstly, to cover roots into the industry, we have Neil Jones from the Institute of Apprenticeships and Technical Education. To give us the lowdown on the benefits from an employer's perspective, we have Emma Bowen from IMS. IMS are currently supporting the development of seven apprentices. And we have Sean Davidson. Sean is currently undertaking an apprenticeship with Emma at IMS. So, Neil, over to you first of all. Can you introduce yourself,
1: please, and tell us a little bit about your role at the Institute? Hi Mark, Um, so as an organisation we are responsible for the development and maintenance of apprenticeships and technical qualifications, hence our name, the Institute for Apprenticeships and Technical Education or IFA, as we're known. So we're employer-led in the development of those products and employers would form a group known as a Trailblazer to develop a particular product and my role is to work closely with those Trailblazers and to guide them through the development process. I'm primarily focused on the construction sector and, in particular, construction apprenticeships. Excellent. Thank you, Neil. Uh, Emma, coming
0: across to you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, a little bit on IMS, please?
2: Yeah. Hi, Mark. Yeah, so Emma Bowen, General Manager of IMS Heat Pumps. We're a dedicated heat pump installer company, ground, air and water. Uh, we have two uh, bases, one in Sheffield in England and one in uh, in Scotland. Um, I've been working in and around heat pumps since. Well, first came, first came across them in the early 2000s, but uh, in the industry, uh, needy, shall we say, since about 2016.
0: Great, thank you. And finally, Sean, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the route you've taken into the industry, please?
3: Uh, so my name's Sean Davidson, and I'm an apprentice at IMS Heat Pumps. I've been here for a year and a half now, and I was a roofer before I started with IMS, but... I've seen the way the heat pump industry was going and I thought that's definitely something I would
0: like to be a part of. So thank you everybody and welcome. Okay, I've been quite vocal on the disconnect we have between the number of heat pump installers currently and the number we need to meet the government's target of 600,000 heat pump installs a year from 2028. But I'm interested to hear more about what's being done to encourage people to consider an apprenticeship. So Neil, coming across to you. What sort of things are you currently working on to help air industry bridge the skills and labour gap?
1: So we're actually working with employers at the moment on the development of a low-carbon heating technician apprenticeship. Uh, This is something that's been developed specifically uh, to address the 600K target um, and is being designed to equip apprentices to install, install various systems, including ground source heat pumps, air source heat pumps, uh, water source heat pumps, uh, among others. And the hope is that this will be available for enrolments sometime in 2023. Okay, thank you. Sean, can you tell us a little bit about how you heard about the
0: apprenticeship programme and, and what route did you have to go through to apply for it?
3: Well, once it was understood that I was getting the job, um, it was fairly easy. I had, uh, well, I had people at the company to help me, I had my friends to help me, so it was fairly easy and i wouldn't i would say for anybody out there that's trying to get an apprenticeship that it's not really that difficult at the end of the day you have going to have people there to
2: help you emma
0: as an employer are you noticing a gap currently between the number of people leaving the industry against the numbers joining
2: not so much numbers of people leaving the industry i mean you know it's always been quite tricky to find people with the right skill set and we've always taken on apprentices in order to um you know bring them through what we are doing on size.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Emma. Apprenticeships are one route into the industry. Neil, can you tell us what an apprenticeship in the 21st century looks like, please?
1: Sure. So these days, apprenticeship is actually a protected term and something can only be called an apprenticeship if it meets certain criteria. For example, an apprenticeship has to be approved by IFIT related to a recognised occupation and be designed by the employers that are going to use it. It must be at least 12 months in duration, must require at least 20% of the training to take place off the job, for example, in a classroom, and have an independent assessment take place at the end. An apprenticeship is essentially a paid job with structured additional training, and these days designed by the trailblazers that I referred to earlier, which are the, the, the groups of employers that are ultimately going to use it. And that's one of the appeals to young people coming into the industry
0: is to earn as you learn, I guess.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the, the key thing to, to keep in mind here is that apprenticeships have to be related to a nationally recognised occupation that you get at the start. So it's not you have an apprenticeship and then you get a job. You get the job at the beginning and you learn on the job um, up until full competence.
0: Okay. Neil, we talked about, obviously, the, the earning potential through the apprenticeship, the learning
1: potential through the apprenticeship. Are there any other benefits of an apprenticeship? There are many uh, benefits of, of apprenticeships. Um, so you can look at it two ways. So for apprentices, so obviously we've said paid employment and entry into a nationally recognised occupation, and, but it's also f- fully funded in terms of the programme of on and off the job training, so it's no cost to the uh, apprentice for the, the training itself. For employers, apprenticeships are, I guess, in brief, a great way to upskill the business. And it's important to look at apprenticeships, not just in the traditional sense of of hiring and training young people as new entrants into your organisation, although, of course, apprenticeships are are great for that, but also as a means to upskill existing staff. And apprenticeships can be a really low a really cost effective way of upskilling your business so if you're a levy paying employer you can use the funds in your levy account to, to pay for apprenticeship training up until up to the value of the funding band for that particular apprenticeship or if you're a non-levy paying employer you will only pay five percent of the training costs um, and there've been a lot of surveys conducted with with employers of apprenticeships and they tend to report overwhelmingly positive experiences, and that hiring apprentices increases productivity, increases the, the quality of the product or service, reduces staff turnover, and leads to a more motivated and satisfied workforce. So, so yeah, plenty of benefits. Excellent. Neil, uh, Neil you mentioned um, levy. That,
0: that's a, a, the apprenticeship levy. That's the term that many of our listeners won't be familiar with. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the apprenticeship levy is, is a fee that's... Um, levied on on businesses of a certain size that have to contribute towards training and apprenticeships absolutely
1: right so if you're essentially if your wage bill is over 3 million pounds per year you are a levy paying employer and you'll be able to access your levy fund in order to pay for apprenticeship training the levy is 0.5% of everything over 3 million pounds per year of your wage bill if your wage bill is under £3 million per year, you are a non levy paying employer. And that means you will pay 5% towards the cost of training your apprentice, but the rest will be met by the government.
0: No, that, that's fine. So I, I mentioned that because that's one of the ways that we're looking at, at how we can use our uh, apprentice to levy funding and whether we can support those coming into the industry through, through our supply chains. So, um, something to pick up on. And a separate time the the low carbon apprenticeship is in development it's some way behind where where the industry is as we start to to ramp up and for the benefit of uh, for those that aren't too involved in in this subject that are listening um traditionally we've had plumbing and heating apprenticeships with one of several uh, additional modules gas being one oil being another or as emra said environmental technologies being the third but it's been very much down to to the local colleges to assess demand and then decide which of those modules, if indeed any, they offer. So clearly a gap at the moment in the um, in the training and skills provision for for apprentices, and hopefully from twenty twenty three when the low carbon heating technician apprenticeship comes on board,
3: that will uh, will help us.
0: Sean, what made you choose an apprenticeship then over other routes into the industry?
3: Um, Apprenticeships growing up was something that always seemed the best option for what you were aspiring to be and learning. And now after being the apprentice for some time, I feel like it's probably the only way for getting hands-on experience and learning the trade that you want to learn.
0: Again, we, we talk about level two, level three, and I think it's important to um, just to explain to, to the listeners, and again, please help me here if I get it wrong, Neil. Um, education in this country is it, it, it's sequential. So you will start um, primary school, secondary school, you'll work through GCSEs, you'll work through A-levels. And they have equivalence on this this level of, of education if memory serves correct gcses higher gcses are, are level two moving into a levels and things are, are level three as you go through degrees and, and masters they become level four level five level six um all the way up to the the highest qualifications in in the uk um
1: is, is that correct neil Yep, broadly speaking, Mark, that's that's correct. Um, and they align with uh, the occupational standards, which align to the apprenticeships. So you can have apprenticeships that, at level two, similarly level three, four, five, six, all the way up to level seven. Um, plumbing and domestic, domestic heating, as I say, is, is kind of pitched at level three. So effectively,
0: industry define what they want. The occupational standards are defined from there and then the the education is progressive you can keep on learning and and can help to support this um this government ambition of lifelong learning effectively
1: yeah it's something that we're quite big on at the moment at the, uh, the institute for apprenticeships um this idea of progression routes, so somebody could come in at at, at level two, start an apprenticeship there, and uh, we have a vision of a time where uh, in many sectors they'll be able to plot their career path up through the levels, up through the occupations. um, From a a starting point of, say, level two, they may then progress on to a level three or a four, um, and and carry on up through the uh, the occupations and the, the levels
0: so not just a route to a job but now a route to a to a career um with definite progression
1: absolutely right yeah um it of course isn't compulsory they uh, apprentices c- can come in and and st- start at level two and decide that they want to stay there, that's absolutely fine. But I think it's important for us to put in place uh, stepping stones so to speak, that if somebody wants to progress through the levels, through the profession through the occupations that they have the opportunity to do so and they can see that mapped out for them.
0: Excellent, thank you. Emma, in this part of the podcast, I'd particularly like to focus a little bit on the employer's role. So, firstly, can you tell us a bit about the decisions that IMS have taken around hiring apprentices, please?
2: Um I think I think we've always taken them. And this company's, you know, supersedes my involvement uh, uh, by many years. Um Alan, the uh, managing director here, he uh, brought his son. Along the trade route, he he himself went through the trade route um, into a career in um, electrics um, before setting up this company. So it's just always been something that this company has uh, valued in terms of getting uh, people with the actual on the job experience. Nothing is better than actual on the job experience in terms of um, installing heat pumps as far as we're concerned. I'm sure that's uh, that's across the board in a, in a number of um, vocations, um, but you know, no no amount of certification, sat in a classroom, ticking boxes, or learning um, legislation is going to prepare you for laying out a plant room and uh, and installing that correctly and balancing it for the uh, the homeowner. So it's just it's a no brainer for us. Thanks, Emma. Sean, how important is it
0: working alongside experienced uh, installers to to sort of build the the experience and the knowledge that you get from college? And and how important is it to work alongside those that have previously been through the, the apprentice programs?
3: It's um, really what your apprenticeship depends on. You know, If you've got the right guys in front of you that are showing you what to do, essentially you're going to become just as good as them and you're going to be learning from the best. So you're kind of dependent on them in a way. Or your apprenticeship depends on them in a way because you're relying on them to teach you how to become the best that you can be so you
0: you really get your own workforce with the skills that you want a a growing workforce to to sort of grow with with your company do you you find there's a degree of loyalty to the business that that you find from somebody that's been through an apprenticeship and with you from day one over somebody that you bring
2: in Uh, absolutely absolutely you know that you've supported them uh, and and they they have an intrinsic value to to the business, uh, and you know you you've grown with them as as they've grown with you, and you know that that does engender loyalty. And yeah, um, as I say, our apprentices are currently sat in the plant room with past apprentices, and and they're still here with us. And uh, and you know even if you just do a bit for society and turn out another heat pump installer, then you know all all all, all good.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Emma. As we head into peak time for our industry, there's undoubtedly going to be a lot of installers out there thinking I could really do with some extra support, or maybe even thinking of expanding their business into heat pumps. And an apprentice would be a great way to help that. So, now, what's the starting point for somebody thinking about taking
1: an apprenticeship? So, there are a number of points to consider for those thinking of taking on an apprentice. Um, so, first of all, apprentices can be new or existing employees. Um, The apprentice must be paid at least the minimum wage. There must be experienced staff for them to work with in order to learn their on-the-job skills. And they must also receive time for their off-the-job training. So with those points in mind, there are several steps to take when actually hiring an apprentice. Step one is to, to actually choose an apprenticeship. Um, you can view all of our available standards on our website, uh, theinstituteforapprenticeships.org. Two, find an organisation that offers training for the apprenticeship. Um, there's a link on our website for each standard to enable uh, potential employers to do this. And then three, of course, select your apprentice. There are lots of resources available to help with this. I've mentioned our own website, of course, but there's uh, apprenticeships gov.uk and the central gov.uk website as well. And they are both really useful resources for, um, for anybody thinking of hiring an apprentice and for apprentices thinking about having an apprenticeship.
0: And Emma, as an employer, can you talk a little bit about the financial support available to your business when you're hiring apprentices? And equally um, important to our listeners, can you shed a little bit on the liabilities as an employer? For example, do you have to offer pensions or or do you have to pay college fees?
2: Support for businesses for taking on apprentices has, has changed quite a bit over the last few years. Um, obviously post COVID, there was a generous incentive um, I can't actually recall the last time we received any money for taking on an apprenticeship, but I do believe that certain apprentices come with, um, a thousand pounds, uh, payable in two instalments. Um, uh, they are the straight out of school guys, um, or girls, 16 to 18 year olds. Um uh, they come, I think, yeah, as I say, 500 pound, um, after the first six months, I think, and 500 following the, uh, le- next six months, but, Um, we've not had any uh, financial support to take on apprentices. However, what we've not had is um, any bills for the 5% uh, contribution. We are not a levy-paying organisation. I suspect that would be the majority of people currently working in the heat pump business as installers are not levy-paying businesses, so they should expect to get the majority of their fees covered um, at, at the present time. So for
0: some apprentices there are payments that you get, your fees and, and things are are broadly paid um within sort of this five percent that we've been talking about. But for all intents and purposes, the apprentice is another employee and it's it's the usual employee rights that they're that they'd be expecting.
2: absolutely, yeah, you have to pay them minimum wage. Uh, there there is some apprenticeship wages out there which are less than minimum wage. Uh, we we are a living wage employer, so we don't we always pay uh uh, better than apprenticeship rates. Um, uh, but I suppose, I mean, I, that's a help you be taking on some of the youngsters, but that only applies, I think, to 18 and then you're on minimum wage anyway. Um, yeah, pension, usual employer's contributions.
0: Thanks, Emma. Are there any additional practical considerations you need to factor in as an employer? For example, fitting schedules around designated college days and, and how do you balance that?
2: Yeah, so absolutely, you've got to fit around their college days. That's usually not an issue. You get given a year's view of uh, college dates. So we've got different apprentices going back into college on different days. Some are like, you know, Monday, Tuesdays so versus the Thursday, Fridays. Um, you get that schedule in advance. It's not difficult. I mean, the big practical, uh, difference that we take into account is you're, in, you're employing somebody who's young and the, the young people risk assessment. Uh, that we carry out and the view of understanding that, you know, a a 16 or 17-year-old does need a bigger risk assessment than somebody who's been on the tools for 20 years. Um, Closing this section
0: out, I'm going to come across to to Neil. Can you tell us more about any support there is out there for businesses considering an apprentice?
1: Yeah, just to build on what Emma was saying, really. um, So, and as I was saying earlier, each apprenticeship has... individual funding band that relates to the maximum cost of of training that will be funded for that apprenticeship. So if you are a levy paying employer, um, you can draw down the the funds from your levy pot up to the value of the funding band to pay for the apprenticeship. If you're a non-levy paying employer, you will pay 5% of uh, the cost of training up to the value of the, uh, the funding band with the government paying for the rest. Um, and employers can also get an additional £1,000 payment to support their apprentice if the apprentice is 16 to 18 years old or 19 to 25 years old with an education, health and care plan or if they used to be in care.
0: Thanks, Neil. If there's any doubt on that, um, instituteforapprenticeships.org is a great reference source, or indeed, talk to the nice people at IFA. You'll gladly help um, help inquiries through. Absolutely. As the industry's move towards a low-carbon future continues to gather pace, already we're seeing training courses adapt to support this, something which is already being mirrored in plumbing and heating apprenticeships. In this section, I'd like to look more into the role of manufacturers and the way that we can support apprentices, together with some of the ways that apprenticeships are evolving. Neil the world we're living in is changing and many of the apprenticeships are being reviewed to ensure they match the needs of the employer and industry can you tell us any more about the low carbon heating technician apprenticeship that we've talked about a few times so far and how this differs from a traditional plumbing and heating qualification
1: absolutely yeah so as you said many apprenticeships are being reviewed at the moment many have already been reviewed in order to ensure that they are up to date and meet the evolving needs of industry that's a key IFA commitment to ensure that all of our products, including apprenticeships, are kept up to date and current. Um, Plumbing and domestic heating technician actually is a very good example of this. So it was first released in 2018, I believe, and is undergoing a review as we speak. In terms of differences between that and low carbon heating technician, I think there's a recognition of the need for a specialist heat pump focused apprenticeship. And that's very much what that is. So where the Plumbing and Domestic Heating Technician Apprenticeship covers a broad range of plumbing skills, including hot water, cold water, um, heating, drainage and sanitation systems, the Low Carbon Heating Technician Apprenticeship will focus specifically on heat pump installation and related systems. Of course, The plumbing apprenticeship does have an environmental technologies pathway, which from a heat pump's perspective, primarily covers more routine installations, I think it's fair to say. But low carbon heating technician has been designed to enable apprentices to install more complex, perhaps even bespoke heat pump systems, and also cover the full range of installations, including air source, ground source, and water source, whilst recognising that Employers of these installers don't have work that covers things like sanitation, for example, and some of the other core plumbing elements. Okay, so it, it
0: sort of takes away some of the um, of the periphery stuff, as you say, like drainage and, and sanitation, uh, focuses on the, the heat pump relevant parts. And I guess, does it also go across um, maybe more of the electrical side as as well, as, as the sort of the, um, the heating parts, because heat pumps being electrical appliances there's there's a lot more um electrical involvement in the installation
1: yeah absolutely it covers some of the electricals um it's i suppose it, it's it's essentially a, you're a heat pump specialist i guess is, is probably the best way of putting it um and so rather than the broad range of skills that you need uh, to be a, a, a qualified plumber it Basically strips a lot of those out, really focuses on the heat pump installation and enables the you know, all the complexities, including the electrics of heat pump installation, um, in in that particular apprenticeship. So less about
0: toilets and basins and more about um, specialising in the in the heat pump world. I couldn't have put it better myself. Thanks, Neil. Sean, you're studying your apprenticeship the college part of your apprenticeship in, in Scotland and, and things are slightly different as usual with um, Scotland and England I believe yours is a four-year apprenticeship um, whereas in England it's a three-year apprenticeship I think a number of other Level 3 courses such as the Unvented uh, Hot Water cylinder course are, are sort of built into the apprenticeship in, in Scotland Have you been able to uh, to attend or, or pick up any specific low-carbon training yet?
3: Uh, not yet Every day at work is a training day for me. I've been involved in the plant rooms helping guys fit both, both air source and ground source heat pumps for a number of months now. Work will also in the near future be sending me to manufacturers training courses and I'll get that experience through college as well in the near future.
0: Excellent, thanks Sean. Emma, what advice would you offer to employers with apprentices
2: looking to get ahead in low-carbon technologies? Hound your local college. Make sure that they are going to be on the list. To take this new low carbon apprenticeship, um, literally, we can't. I can't shout more. It's not just about it being available to offer. They've got to actually put it on, and uh, and so you know, just because it's coming out in twenty twenty three, I'm not fully expecting every local college who's offering plumbing and heating and, and fossil fuel routes to automatically be told you know to, to take it on board. Yeah, I just appeal to the industry to pick up the phone to your local college, though, because uh, these this this next step, of course, has to be uh, has to be on the agenda for every local college.
0: Uh, let me let me reinforce that, Emma. Um, conversations that we have with colleges, which which happen increasingly. We're engaging now with colleges that are showing an interest and expressing a desire to run the low carbon heating technician course. Um, If they're not interested in that course, then it's not going to be a a college that we're engaging with um, first and foremost, because this really is a qualification that, that we think we need in the industry. Looking closely at the role manufacturers play, Neil, Um, at Avalent we're committed to supporting installers accessing a robust program of training. We offer a range of Level 3 regulated courses including unvented hot water, um, low temperature design and the heat pump courses themselves, which support and supplement do not replace an apprenticeship, um, but they're there for existing installers and apprentices to to follow um, if, if they so wish. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how employers and manufacturers, and I think Emma actually volunteered for this um, earlier on, can get involved in defining the future of apprenticeships, training, and and general routes into the industry.
1: So we would very, very much welcome the involvement of employers, manufacturers, and other related uh, stakeholders, either as part of a trailblazer group, um, or by taking part in our various consultations that that we run on all of our products. The involvement of employers is especially key, um, just to ensure that the content of our technical education products is appropriate and able to reflect the emerging skills as effectively as possible. Um, So, I guess the best place to start for that is the IFET website, I know I keep plugging it, um, but you can find details of all of our standards there um, and who to contact if you want to be involved in them. for example, I'm a senior product manager for, for a bunch of standards that that, uh, that I look after the Trailblazer Groups for, but I have colleagues that look after um, others. Uh, you can contact the Trailblazer Groups directly. Um, and also, uh, we list all of our active consultations on our website as well. Um, so, yeah, plenty of opportunities for, for people to get involved.
0: Excellent. And we will put the IFET website into the, uh, the podcast description below this episode um, when it's made available. Emma, there's a massive challenge to achieve 600,000 heat pumps a year. How important to you are apprenticeships to grow the installer base and, and to provide the highly skilled workforce for the future?
2: They're beyond important, really. I mean, the, the challenge to upskill the current heating and plumbing sector um, involved in the fossil fuel side um, can't be understated, um, you know it it's a big challenge to ask somebody to step out of something they've been doing for thirty years uh pay to train uh get some certificates and then embark on a ever so slightly new career in a technology that they've probably not had their hands on before um although they've done some classroom ba- based work so the 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 view that the apprenticeship uh, for our for our young people um uh, is is beyond important, you know, and you know I hope this is just the start of the of the road for uh, iFate in taking the lead from employers. You know, it's not just about heat pumps, is it? There's so many other um low carbon uh, technologies of the future that you know our young people should be given the opportunity to train in today. Excellent, thank you, Emma.
0: Apprenticeships and training of new entrants to our industry is a topic that's close to my heart. I joined the industry. Some considerable time ago now, as an apprentice with British Gas. My time learning at college, in training centres, and on the tools has set the shape of my career and put me in good stead for the role that I have today. I'm a personal testament to how a well structured apprenticeship could lead to a great career in a fantastic industry. I'd now like to ask my guests for their top tip for those thinking of starting an apprenticeship or thinking of taking an apprentice on. Emma, to you first.
2: I think if you're considering, if you're on heat pumps and you're considering taking an apprentice on, Pick up the phone from your local college and hound them to do the low-carbon apprenticeship. But don't let that put them off. Uh, Don't let that put you off if if you're still looking for one. There's uh, plenty of very keen people uh, in England if you can support them up to level two to get their own vented and then you know with the support of the manufacturers who you've chosen to work with um, I'm sure you can plot out a fantastic future we're lucky the heat pump industry is full of so many amazing people people who've chosen to be in this industry people who have you know not necessarily gone and got their training to jump on a bandwagon and I think you know if those people uh, with the passion that they show for the industry, take on somebody else and, and pass that on. Um, uh, we'll be all right. Thanks, Emma. And, Sean, your top tip for
0: anyone
3: thinking of starting an apprenticeship? Just to use the tools that you've got out there to help you. You know, you've got the internet, you've got all these websites that you can find job advertisements on and stuff, um, speak to the people you know. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks, Sean.
0: Neil, can you give me your top tip for anyone considering an apprenticeship or taking on an apprentice, please?
1: Yeah, of course, Mark. Um, so, so this will apply to both apprentices and employers, um, and, it's, and it's really to make full use of the information available primarily at uh, the IFIT website, of course, and um, apprenticeships.gov.uk. So for example, on our website, you can view not only the full apprenticeship standard, but the endpoint assessment plan too. Um, It's surprising to me how many people don't know that they can view that there. Um, And it's really useful reading for both apprentices and their employers to fully prepare them for what they're going to learn, but also what they're going to be assessed on at the end of their apprenticeship. Excellent, thank you, Neil. And finally, Emma, I'm going to give you the
0: opportunity for a gratuitous plug of your business. Who are you and what do you do?
2: IMS Heat Pumps. We are dedicated, experienced, knowledge, ground source, air source and water source heat pump installers uh, coming at you from Sheffield in England and from Perth in Scotland. And finally, Neil, a
0: gratuitous plug for your business and indeed another gratuitous plug for the iFight website, if you'd like
1: yep Uh, instituteforapprenticeships.org list of all of our standards on there every apprenticeship standard uh, that's both available and in development all the opportunities that uh, employers especially but all stakeholders have to get involved in everything that we do everybody's welcome Um, yeah instituteforapprenticeships.org excellent thank you Neil well
0: it's been a fascinating conversation with a great deal to take away and digest For me, it's clear that the responsibility of attracting and retaining future talent to ensure the success of our industry lies with everybody, from manufacturers, employers and industry bodies, right the way through to those currently working in the sector. Thank you to my guests. It's been an interesting, fascinating conversation. We'll be sure to pop the links to the resources we've mentioned in today's episode in the description below. All that's left for me to do is to thank today's guests for their time and expert insight. I'm Mark Wilkins. This is the Valant Podcast. We'll see you again real soon.